Well, thank you very much, and welcome to the Jazz Focus here on WETF South Bend, Indiana, the Jazz Station. My name is John Clark, and very happy that you're joining us this week. We are going to be focusing on a kind of an unusual theme today. I'm calling it Unaccustomed as They Were. And this is going to be a series of recordings made in the 1920s and 30s uh, by pretty well-known jazz performers uh, performing on instruments that they were not known for, if that makes any sense. Uh, Back in the 1920s and 30s, of course, uh, during the Depression, musicians had to be versatile, and especially if they were playing in dance bands, they often had to double and triple and quadruple on different instruments in order to stay employed and to be able to play the arrangements that were being churned out by the uh, publishing companies and by the uh, arrangers for the individual bands. So we heard uh, two big band recordings to begin the program. The first one was a uh, tune called Just You, Just Me, and it was done by Claude Hopkins and his orchestra. Claude Hopkins was a wonderful stride piano player from the Washington, D.C. area, a little bit younger than Duke Ellington. Ellington was from Washington as well. And Hopkins ended up uh, in uh, New York in the late 1920s, early 1930s. He had uh, played with a lot of different groups. He'd even accompanied Ma Rainey at one point. Uh, But he had his own band uh, at, um, I think it was the Savoy Ballroom, in uh, about 1932-33, and that's when he started recording. And he came to be known uh, as a band leader that emphasized quieter uh, music. He was not uh, playing blaring big band music uh, even in the early 30s. It could be pretty loud and shouty. It was was, uh, designed to get the dancers moving, in other words. But Claude Hopkins played a much more understated brand of swing, and he became quite popular for that as well. He's one of the few African-American bands that was doing that. So that tune, Just You, Just Me, uh, came from, let's see, uh, September 14th of 1934. The band was recording at that point for Decca and uh, recorded quite a few uh, sides for Decca. We've uh, played some uh, podcasts and radio shows of early Decca recordings by the Fletcher Henderson Orchestra and Earl Hines. Um, Jack Cap, who had founded that label, was uh, very uh, active in signing up African-American bands to, to do uh, recording sessions to see uh, what would be most popular. His most popular African-American band by far, I guess, was uh, Jimmy Lunsford, at least in terms of instrumentals. Louis Armstrong, of course, was uh, popular in the pop market, but uh, uh, Lunsford's band was extremely popular among jazz and dance devotees. But Claude Hopkins had his moments as well, and by 1934, he'd already been recording for a couple of years. So our uh, performer on a different instrument on that uh, recording was the great clarinet player from New Orleans, Edmund Hall. Edmund Hall played with Hopkins' band for four or five years, actually, after he came north from New Orleans. He stopped off in Florida and played with the uh, Alonzo Ross Deluxe Syncopators, made his first recordings with them in the 1920s in Atlanta, I think, and uh, was in New York by 1931-32. And we heard him playing the lead in the first chorus on baritone sax, and then a solo after that on Barry. He was known as an excellent baritone saxophone player, and uh, he recorded solos with uh, Frankie Newton's band. We did a show on him a while back and heard some very good Edmund Hall baritone sax there as well. Then we followed that up with a uh, tune called Hot and Anxious, which is the riff that we all know as In the Mood, and uh, that was a a melody that appeared on a number of jazz recordings at different tempos and uh, with different uh, composer credits. But this one, I believe, was credited to Don Redman, um, who had been Fletcher Henderson's chief arranger. And this is the Fletcher Henderson Orchestra, as I said. Uh, This was from uh, 1931, March 19th of 1931. Redman had gone by that point, was uh, leading McKinney's Cotton Pickers, but this uh, tune was recorded uh, by the Henderson Band of that period, which included Rex Stewart, Bobby Stark, and Russell Smith on trumpet. We heard some, uh, I think, Bobby Stark there. Uh, Benny Morton was on trombone with Claude Jones. We uh, heard Russell Prokop playing lead alto and, and clarinet, although the clarinet solo is the reason for inclusion on this program. It was, in fact, by Coleman Hawkins, the great tenor sax player. He was not known as a clarinet soloist, certainly, uh, but he did make some recordings in the 1920s with blues singers and various groups on clarinet, and he had to play clarinet in Henderson's band, which featured quite a lot of clarinet trios in their uh, recording, uh, recorded arrangements. 
We also heard Harvey Boone on alto sax, Clarence Holiday on banjo, Fletcher Henderson on piano, John Kirby uh, on bass, and uh, Walter Johnson on drums. So those are two early 30s recordings of big bands featuring uh, musicians playing instruments other than the ones that they are usually associated with. So we're going to go on now to another big band, Duke Ellington's band, and uh, this is going to feature Barney Bagard. Now, Barney Bagard, of course, was a great New Orleans clarinet player, and we will hear him playing some clarinet at the end of the recording, but he's featured up front playing tenor, and he was known as a tenor sax player when he was in New Orleans. There were so many clarinet players, he uh, took up saxophone to separate himself, and he was uh, had, had some local renown uh, as a tenor sax player in New Orleans, and also after he went to Chicago in 1925 to play with... King Oliver's band. He was featured on tenor with that band and with some others, and it really wasn't until he joined Ellington's band that he uh, came to be known as a first-rate clarinet soloist, and of course, that's how he spent the rest of his career. Following that, we're going to uh, talk about another great clarinet player, Benny Goodman. And Benny Goodman will here be featured in one of his first recordings under his own name, Blue Because of You. And this is a... uh, or actually it's Blue and Broken Hearted, I should say, is the name of the tune. And it features Benny playing baritone sax at the beginning and playing a very uh, exposed and long alto sax solo uh, towards the end of the recording, in which he was clearly influenced by Frank Trumbauer and the phrasing of Trumbauer and Bix Beiderbeck. We'll talk about the dates of these things as we go. Then we're going to hear Pee Wee Russell, the great clarinet player, here featured on tenor with Red Nichols and his group doing Nothing Does Does Like It Used to Do. And then another great tenor player, Bud Freeman, and this time reversing the uh, previous procedure, he's playing clarinet on a Bunny Berrigan recording of It's Been So Long. And then we're going to finish up with a curiosity, a Benny Goodman bass clarinet solo, playing uh, with Red Norvo's trio. We've played uh, quite a bit of Red Norvo on our podcast in the past, and we played the session made of this tune, which is called Dance of the Octopus. The uh, flip side of that record was Bix Beiderbeck's tune, In a Mist, and that's on one of my uh, Red Norvo podcasts. And if you'd like to hear those, go to anchor.fm and look up the Jazz Focus. We can also be found on Spotify and Apple Music. So those are going to be our tunes for the next set. I'll give you a little more detail when we get to the end of that. We'll we'll hear Hot Feet featuring Barney Begard on tenor sax and clarinet with Duke Ellington's band. Blue and Broken Hearted featuring Benny Goodman on uh, alto sax and baritone sax. Uh, Benny Goodman and his boys. Nothing Does Does Like It Used to Do Do Do. Red Nichols and His Five Pennies featuring Pee Wee Russell on tenor sax. It's Been So Long, Bunny Berrigan and His Blue Boys featuring Bud Freeman on clarinet. And A Dance of the Octopus with Benny Goodman on bass clarinet along with Red Norvo and his trio. Thank <laughs> you. 
I held you tight when we said goodnight. It's been so long. Honey, can't you see what you've done to me? I've been in a kind of days for days and days and days. Feeling blue, missing you in oh so many ways. Cause it's been so nice when we had that date every night at eight. It was so nice. Then we said goodbye. What a fool was I. Let me get back in your arms. Where I belong Cause it's been oh Cause it's been oh so long
So there we heard a series of recordings, different styles, but some very interesting things featuring soloists on unusual instruments or unaccustomed instruments. We started with Hot Feet, which was a tune by Duke Ellington and his orchestra. And this came from, uh, let's see, where did that come from? That came from March 7th, 1929. He recorded it for Victor with the Duke Ellington and his Cotton Club Orchestra, featuring Barney Begard at the beginning and end. And at the end, of course, we heard him on his more familiar clarinet, but at the beginning we heard him playing a very hot tenor sax solo. And as I said, he was known as a saxophone player in his earlier days. And we heard, uh, also on there, we heard uh, Cootie Williams doing some scat singing, uh, along with some trumpet playing. I believe it was Joe Nanton playing trombone in there. Um, we heard Johnny Hodges on alto sax, and uh, of course, Ellington on piano with his rhythm section. Fred Guy on banjo, Wellman Bro on bass, and Sonny Greer on drums. So some interesting playing in there as well. Then we went to a uh, Benny Goodman tune. This is called Blue and Broken Hearted, and it was done by uh, Benny Goodman's Boys, which was one of his first recording dates uh, under his own name at any rate. It was done for Brunswick in New York on June 4th, 1928, and we heard Benny starting out on baritone sax and then finishing up the record on alto sax. In between, we heard a very nice uh, cornet solo by Jimmy McPartland. We heard some uh, Tommy Dorsey on trombone, and uh, possibly some Fudd Livingston on tenor sax in there in the ensemble, uh, Vic Breedis on piano, Dick Morgan on guitar, Harry Morgan on tuba, and uh, Ben Pollock on drums. And these were all members of the Ben Pollock band at the time. From that point, we went to another New York band, uh, similar disposition, I guess. This is uh, the Redheads, which was led, of course, by Red Nichols, the great cornet player. And uh, with him in this band was his regular right-hand man, Miff Mole, on trombone, and uh, featuring Pee Wee Russell, a little bit on clarinet in there, but mostly on tenor sax. And uh, Pee Wee, of course, was uh, much better known as a clarinet player, but he played all the saxophones. He made his living in the Depression playing in dance bands, so he was a very versatile musician, even though in later years people thought of him as a limited musician, which he certainly was not. Also on this recording, which was called Nothing Does Does Like It Used to Do Do Do, we heard Arthur Shutt on piano and Vic Burton on drums, and that came from September 16th or thereabouts, 1927, and was recorded for Pathé. After that, we went to a slightly more modern-sounding recording. We heard uh, Bunny Berrigan and his boys, not his blue boys, as I said earlier, but just plain old boys. And this was uh, part of a series of recordings that Berrigan made for the Vocalion label uh, before he put his big band together in 1936. This recording was made at the beginning of 1936, February 24th, and featured Berrigan, of course, on trumpet. We heard Forrest Crawford playing the tenor sax solo, which allowed our subject uh, on that recording Bud Freeman, uh, who was also in tenor sax, to play the clarinet solo. Uh, some of the discographies had Joe Marsala on clarinet, but it's definitely Bud Freeman on that one, along with Joe Bushkin on piano, Dave Barber on guitar, Mort Stuhlmaker on bass, and Dave Tuff on drums. And we heard on the way a vocal by Chick Bullock, who was one of the um, most evident uh, and, and recorded studio vocalists of the 1930s. He had a series of recordings under his own name as well that featured some very good jazz playing. Then we ended up with Dance of the Octopus, a tune by Red Norvo, who's featured there on um, xylophone, possibly marimba in there. The recording quality's a little murky, and that was done for Brunswick uh, in 1933, and that featured Benny Goodman on bass clarinet, uh, along with Red Norvo and um, I believe it was Artie Bernstein on bass, and uh, they played that tune uh, sort of on the sly. I told the story when I played the flip side of that um, on one of my podcasts, In a Mist, that Norvo had just done a very successful recording date uh, playing uh, a couple of tunes with Jimmy Dorsey, uh, fairly forward-looking tunes, and the director uh, of uh, Brunswick at the time, uh, Jack Cap, was very pleased and offered him some more recordings, which he took, but Cap wasn't in the studio when Norvo went in and recorded uh, Dance of the Octopus and In a Mist, which were very progressive for uh, 1933. And uh, Cap was not happy and ended his recording contract, at least temporarily, at that point. But as I said, that featured Benny Goodman on bass clarinet, Art Bernstein on bass, and Dick McDonough on guitar as well. So we're going to move on now to some other players featured on uh, unfamiliar instruments, unfamiliar to us at any rate. 
we're going to hear Buster Bailey, the clarinet player, being featured on alto sax on a Clarence Williams recording of Jingles coming up. Nice little dance band recording of the 20s. We're going to hear Jimmy Dorsey, of course, better known as a clarinet and alto player, playing a little bit of those on a recording of My Honey's Love and Arms uh, by Joe Venuti uh, and his group. He's also, uh, Jimmy Dorsey, going to be featured on baritone sax and cornet. He and his brother Tommy were both very fine trumpet players, which leads us to the next recording, which is Tommy Dorsey being featured on trumpet on a solo version of Tiger Rag. Very interesting recording. He was a, a very hot trumpet player in the Louis Armstrong style, as opposed to his very measured and careful and beautiful trombone playing. After that, we're going to go to another trombone player, Jack Teagarden, who recorded on trumpet once, as far as we know, and this was with a Ben Pollock group on a tune called It's So Good. And, uh... We're going to stick with that, and we're going to, we may stick in another one after that if we have a little bit of time, but for now we're going to stick with those four. Jingles, featuring Buster Bailey on alto sax, Clarence Williams' uh, uh, group. My Honey's Love and Arms, featuring Jimmy Dorsey on lots of instruments, including cornet, uh, Joe Venuti group. Tiger Rag, with Tommy Dorsey taking the uh, front seat as a trumpet soloist. And It's So Good, with Jack Teagarden playing trumpet. Thank you. 
I love your love and I'm saying, oh, they world of charms they play to nestle when I am lonely. Hey, cozy Morris chair, oh, what a happy pair, one caress, happiness, do 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 Cause when the world seems wrong, I know that I belong right in my honey's loving arms.
woman gives the blues laws. She hangs her head and cries. If a woman gets the blue load, she hangs her head and cries. If a man gets the blue load, he grabs a train and rides. Now what I can't figure out, how these Broadway sports ever get that sleep so What I can't figure out, How these Broadway sports ever get that sleep? It's so good. Oh, they walk the streets all night like a policeman on his beat. Oh, oh, oh. That was Jack Teagarden on trumpet, not known as a trumpet player, certainly. Uh, he was playing with the Ben Pollock Orchestra at that point, and this recording was essentially the Ben Pollock Orchestra. It was uh, done for Banner Records and released under the name of Irving Mills and his Merrymakers. And we heard lots of people in there. I think that was a smaller group, to be honest, but uh, we definitely heard Bud Freeman on tenor sax and Pee Wee Russell on clarinet in there at the very end. Probably Jimmy McPartland on, on trumpet at the very end after the vocal. And in the rhythm section, we heard Vic Bredis on piano, Dick Morgan on banjo, Harry Goodman on tuba, and Ray Baduke playing drums. Ray Baduke was playing uh, drums with the Pollock band, even though Pollock was a drummer. Uh, Pollock moved out to the front to wave the stick after a while, although he did record occasionally uh, with his band. And then later on, of course, we did a... a um, podcast of the Ben Pollock Pickerib Boys, which was the Dixieland contingent from his band of the 30s and then into the 50s. But this recording, It's So Good, was made on June 6th of 1929, featured Teagarden on trumpet and vocal, along with some vocal chanting in the background by the band. Before that, we heard um, Tiger Rag uh, by Tommy Dorsey and his uh, orchestra. Actually, at the uh, for the purposes of that record, it was called Tom Dorsey and his... Uh, wasn't his novelty orchestra. That was another session. This was the first date under Tommy Dorsey's name. It was for OK Records in November of 1928. And as I said, we heard Tiger Rag, a trumpet solo, accompanied by Eddie Lang on guitar, Jimmy Williams on bass, Stan King on drums. So uh, a very jazzy recording from that point. And clearly, Dorsey was a, a, a Goodman, or rather an Armstrong man at heart. Uh, very uh, broad-toned, dramatic playing that wasn't really uh, the way he approached his trombone playing, but uh, equally effective. So before that, uh, we heard, um, we actually, actually, we heard My Honey's Loving Arms. That's what we heard at that point. That was Joe Venuti and his Blue Four. And uh, that was a series of recordings that Venuti made initially with, Reddy, uh, with uh, excuse me, with Eddie Lang, the Venuti Lang Blue Five and so forth, different numbers with a lot of great white jazz musicians of the 1920s. But this recording, My Honey's Love and Arms, was made in 1928, and it did feature uh, Eddie Lang and Joe Venuti, although uh, Venuti got the leader's nod on the, on the label there for OK Records. And we heard Jimmy Dorsey on trumpet and baritone sax. We didn't even hear him on clarinet or alto. I thought we did uh, at some point, but not on this recording. Rube Bloom played piano and took the uh, vocal, which was... A little strange, but uh, certainly jazzy. And Paul Grizzelli on drums, as I said, from December of 1928. So that gives you uh, an idea of the versatility of the Dorsey brothers there on those two recordings. And we began with a tune called Jingles, which was uh, done by uh, Clarence Williams and one of his groups from that period. He was using uh, uh, men from the... Uh, 
Fletcher Henderson Orchestra, and uh, this was recorded for Paramount in October of 1927. We heard Buster Bailey playing an alto sax solo, a little bit of clarinet mixed in there, but mostly alto, which was unusual for him at the time, although he played it in the section with the Fletcher Henderson Band. And then we heard Coleman Hawkins playing tenor, uh, his uh, accustomed instrument, along with Clarence Williams on piano, Cyrus St. Clair on tuba, Ed Allen on cornet, and Ed Cuffey taking a really excellent trombone solo. Um, those were uh, musicians in the in the Clarence Williams orbit. He uh, put together many, many, many recording sessions in the 1920s, and he had a little stock company of, of musicians he would call on to do them uh, in various combinations. So we have two more uh, recordings I'm going to play for you uh, today to finish off our Unaccustomed As We Are program. Again, you are listening to WETF, South Bend, Indiana, the Jazz Station. My name is John Clark, and this is the Jazz Focus. We hope you're enjoying these programs that we've been putting on. They are uh, focused uh, examinations of certain jazz repertoire. And today, we've been looking at uh, musicians who recorded on instruments that were not their primary instrument. Uh, many cases, they were doubles that they used in sections, but in some cases, they were instruments that they just picked up very occasionally. For example, Tommy Dorsey and uh, Jimmy Dorsey and Jack Teagarden playing trumpets. So, uh, some interesting uh, comparisons to be made with the instruments that these musicians were best known for playing. So we have two more tunes for you. One is going to be by Tiny Parham and his musicians. Tiny Parham was a piano player in Chicago. He was an African-American musician who did a lot of theater work. His real name was Hazel Strathdean Parham, and he was a very large man, as uh, his nickname might suggest. And he had a series of recordings for Victor in the 19, late 1920s up to about 1930. They were really excellent recordings. Most of them were his own tunes and arrangements. And he was a very effective arranger, and he used... Uh, some jazz musicians in Chicago, not a lot of well-known musicians, but um, some really fine playing by these uh, musicians who were probably studio musicians in the, at the time, playing in, in theater orchestras and things like that. You can almost compare these recordings to the Jelly Roll Morton Red Hot Peppers, not in the sense of, of jazz improvisation, but uh, using musicians uh, uh, who were jazz-oriented to create these clever little arrangements, and by clever I don't mean in a negative sense. We're going to hear a tune called Memphis Mamie. I think we're going to be, going to be doing a Tiny Parham broadcast coming up in not too long. But this is a little taste of uh, what you might get on that. And Memphis Mamie features a tuba solo by Milt Hinton, the great African-American bass player whose career went up into the 1990s, I think. He lived a very long life. He played in studios and TV studios, movies, all sorts of things in the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s, you name it. Was the first call bassist in New York to do jazz sessions. Um, and this was after playing a good 10, 12 years with Cab Calloway and his orchestra. But here, this is at the beginning of his career, November 4th, 1930, and he's playing tuba. And also in this band with Tiny Parham on piano and Milt Hinton, we have Ernie Marrero uh, on drums. We have um, Mike Hendricks on banjo and guitar, Dalbert Bright on clarinet and alto sax and tenor sax, Charles Johnson on clarinet and alto sax, Ike Covington on trombone, and Roy Hobson on cornet. Not a lot of really well-known musicians in there, but uh, the effect is really quite good. Then we are going to finish up with the uh, epitome of uh, playing instruments that are not necessarily of your own uh, specialty. Sidney Bechet and his one-man band. Sidney Bechet was the first musician to do something like this. He overdubbed a recording in 1941, April 18th, for Victor, and he created two tunes. The Blues of Bechet, which had a smaller group, but the Sheik of Araby is what we're going to be hearing. We're going to hear Bechet playing clarinet, soprano sax, tenor sax, piano, string bass and drums and uh, a very uh, difficult task in 1941 when there were uh, there was no such thing as recording on tape uh, they had to record on discs and combine the recordings and it was really quite a technological feat at the time so that's how we're going to finish up Sidney Bechet and the Sheik of Araby and you get to hear him I think on tenor sax doing his famous variations on Sheik which he uh, initially did on soprano sax and which Johnny Hodges learned and played on a Duke Ellington recording a bit later so hope you've enjoyed this program it's a little bit different and uh, something that might uh, introduce you to some types of jazz you haven't heard before. So that's our purpose here at the Jazz Focus, and uh, hope to see you and hear you and uh, you to hear me next week. Thank you very much, John Clark and the Jazz Focus.